You're listening to the Ladylike Podcast. Ladylike is the show where funny women tell disgusting stories. I'm your host, Jenna Gephardt. Our live story comes from Mandy McAlvey. Mandy is a Louisville comic, uh, and she came up to Chicago to do the show. She talks about uh, as being a young woman and her boobs developed quite differently, um, and her eventual decision to get plastic surgery. Uh, and it's very moving, honestly, which is, I can't say that for uh, every ladylike story. This week, I sat down with Lee Abelov. Uh Lee tells the story of their gusher mega periods um, and one sexual encounter that uh, got a little wet and wild. Here's Lee Abelov. So something I talked about at Ladylike was that I have like a super heavy period. It's called a mega period. It makes oh writing. God. I didn't know there was a medical. I swear I looked it up once and it was like a real thing. And then I told people to Google it and I went back and I was like, now it's gone. Did I dream this? But it has to be real. It doesn't sound like the most scientific term, but uh, I would believe it. It was in like bustle or something. So maybe maybe I skimmed it and it wasn't a medical term. But basically what it, what it was, what I dreamed of was that it's like what you call somebody who has like a very heavy period. And the reason that they have it is because they have an overproduction of pheromones and an overproduction of, like, whatever it is that makes someone have a long, heavy period. Um, and it's, like, it's like a pad and tampon situation, which makes riding your bike really hard, and which is why I hate the summertime, because you're wearing shorts, and if you're like me and you have a mega period, you're just like, is my overnight maxi pad sticking out of the bottom of these <laughs> while I'm riding? They should make denim pads. Right? I need to have, like, a full-on diaper. I should just have, like, an underwear-looking, like, diaper. Like, those Depends. Um, they're, like, babies that have the little... Like, swimmers? No, like, the little underwear that covers up their diaper when they're wearing a dress oh, or something. Yeah. I need those. Those are cute. I need an adult version of that. Bloomers. Um, I need bloomers! <laughs> I need granny pennies that go over your Pantaloons. underwear. Pantaloons. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's gross for me to deal with, so it would obviously be gross for someone else to deal with. And I know that, but like, I'm still super horny. <laughs> that when I'm on my period, just like, I feel like everyone is. And I'm a pervert all the time, so I don't want to stop <laughs> having sex just because I'm rocket launching blood out of my vagina rocket launching my body off the ground that is the medical term yes and i know that for a fact i'm a rocket launcher <laughs> just shoots out of me um and i was in this relationship for a really long time where they wouldn't fool around with me when i was on my period because it was heavy and gross i that's fine <laughs> but it just made me feel more gross about it like it was something to be grossed out by and then I started dating someone, and we started fooling around, and I was like, oh, we can't have sex because I'm on my period. And they were like, that doesn't bother me. And I was like, dope, and just like, turn off the lights. <laughs> got on top, got on the bike, and like, I had warned them before I, I was like, I have a mega period, it's this thing, I have like a lot of blood, it's a lot. And they were like, I'm not scared. So I thought they could handle it, and we start having sex, and like things are 
loud and squishy <laughs> and sparks are flying. And by sparks, I mean blood. <laughs> and I didn't notice because I was having such a good time and was so excited that I was having sex <laughs> on my period. But their face started to, like, change. Like, they started looking like Mickey Mouse in Fantasia when he puts the wizard's hat on and all the water is coming into the room. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's too much, it's too much. <laughs> and then just crashing waves of exp- just a lot. Just a lot of blood is happening, and he's getting more and more scared. And, like, we both come because I'm great at sex. And then I <laughs> turn on the lights, and it's like a Jackson Pollock all over my bed. There's, like, a puddle of blood in his lap. There's a bloody handprint on the wall where I had, like, braced myself because I was on top. And I was like, oh, my God, no. He's going to freak out. Like, this is exactly what I thought it would be and exactly, like, the bad, as bad as it could be. So, but he didn't. He, like, looked in his lap and then just looked up at me and started laughing and was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then I pointed to the wall and I was like, did you see this handprint on the wall? And he's like, oh, my God, because I had turned around and I'm still, like, naked, but the lights are on. And he was like, your ass. And then I look behind me and my ass is covered in blood. (laughs) It's just, like, the biggest clown nose you've ever seen. (laughs) He's like, it looked like you murdered somebody with your ass. (laughs) And that's like the best compliment I've ever gotten. And I have period sex all the time now. Because it's it's, as bad as that still? mm, I think I go into it knowing how to deal with it a little better. (laughs) Like towels are involved. Okay, yeah. And checking in. And and (laughs) maybe not doing it on the heaviest day. (laughs) Like that one day I I can suppress the boner. Just like for that one 24 hours. (laughs) Are you are you are you on any like birth control or anything that Mm-mm. affects that? Oh, okay. I was on it since I was like fifteen, even though I didn't start having sex till I was nineteen because because it was so heavy and gross all the time. And then I was like, I don't want anything changing my body, so I stopped taking all birth control. I don't have an IUD or anything. Now I just sit in it. <laughs> I just sit in the pool of my own blood. Yep. <laughs> It's like, how am I supposed to be a witch if I'm on hormone controller? You know what I mean? That's an interesting point. I'm I'm on the IUD and it's been, uh, some of it has been okay and some of it has been not good. Do like, you have the copper one or the hormone one? I have the hormone one. No. They scared me, literally, they scared me away from, like, more than one Planned Parenthood doctor was like, you can do the copper one, but here's all the bad stuff I've heard about. Like, it was, I don't know, it felt weird that, like, it... And then a lot of people I've talked to really like it. I've heard... I did get it. I'm not sure. I've heard horror stories about IUDs. I don't know if it's all the copper one or what. But, like, my one friend, I think, got the copper one and, like, didn't stop bleeding for, like, a month. Yeah, that's And she had to go to the hospital. Cause, is it? Oh, to the hospital? Oh. Because, yeah, she just started, like, bleeding out. Yeah, they, um... Well, they tell you to expect that, but I was like, well, not me. That would happen to me. But, yeah, I had my period for 35 days. It no! Like, just unending. And it would stop for, like, one day, and then it started again. I was like, Whoa, That's even worse. No. no, that's how you ruin every pair of underwear. And I, like, and it's I was, finally done. Oh, yeah, seriously. I, I was, like, so, like, hormonal, too. That was the other thing. At first, I didn't realize, like, it was from the IUD, but I was, like, having a really bad time. I felt, like, so crazy, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I was, I was like, oh, and, but it was like too late then. I was already, I'd already been crazy for like 
two weeks. Good. Jesus. I got a rude cat. This morning, I was <laughs> She's very nice. Uh, I was listening to, um, because I'm on the IUD, and I didn't used to get periods, but I, but I, I get them now, but they're, like, they're not, they're pretty light, but, like, I still get the, like, hormones and stuff. Like, I feel oh like my I'm God, yeah. period. And this morning, I was listening to, um... Goodbye, Earl, by the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> Please tell me you just started crying. I did. <laughs> I was the It's like, a happy song. I was really, like, overwhelmed by emotion because I was like, these girls, they love each other and they're always going to be there Oh, my God. Friendship is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so she funny. Killed, she killed a man for, <laughs> for her best friend. <laughs> uh. I really... Yeah, really overwhelmed. I was, like, kind of surprised. I was like, oh, hello. It's so funny because I always know when it's coming. I'm, like, very regular... And I know when I'm PMSing, but you just don't, you don't know that that's the reason you're being crazy. And literally, I'm on my period now, surprise. (laughs) Two days before I got it, I was in the car, I'm driving this little girl I nanny. I just start crying out of nowhere. I'm just, literally, just tears are coming out, and I'm like, what is happening? Have I finally lost my mind? And it just doesn't cross your mind until you start bleeding that you're like, oh, I'm not crazy. It's very, yeah. Sometimes NPR gets me, too. Oh, what's it if called? Somebody says something this like American kind of life. Oh yeah, well, Jesus, <laughs> oh don't God. get me started. On, <laughs> on a on a regular day, this American life will uh, reduce me to tears. <laughs> oh my God, I was getting a tarot card reading when I was PMSing recently. Ugh, people are gonna listen to this and hate me, but that's fine. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh, that's <laughs> getting. Ter- and I started tearing up. They're talking about like my future and stuff, and I'm just crying. <laughs> and they're like, all of them. What I'm saying is good. And I was like, I just like. <laughs> Being alive is so intense. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> so at our live shows, um, the audience can write down their own disgusting ladylike stories, and we read them anonymously on stage. And so these are some of the stories from uh, our audiences in the past. I'll go first. It was a rainy day, and I was playing right midfield. What? Yeah. On my middle school soccer team against a rival. I kicked one kick too hard and my maxi pad fell out of my shorts into a muddy puddle. I tried immediately burying it with my cleats, but I couldn't shake the evidence. Finally, I grabbed it and stuffed it back into my shorts. <laughs> Ew, oh my god. Covered in mud. Ew. I have very clear memories of like being at like, playing a soccer game and, like, feeling my pad get, like, all twisted, where, like, the sticky part is stuck to your pussy now. Yes. And you're, like... Pulling at your I pubes. I get out of here. Like, <laughs> running into it. And, and then to have to go into a porta potty and try to fix that. Ugh. Why? It's not right. You needed those pantaloons. Yeah. <laughs> then if it would have fallen out, it would have stayed in your little diaper cover. Yeah, so we have those, those like, huge short... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know anything about sports. I'm just anything like, what were you guys wearing? A singlet? What is soccer? I wish. No, I don't wish that. That's the only thing that would have been worse. Or all those... Didn't you wear those sports tampons that you, they have all those commercials for? Is that real? I just assumed those were regular tampons, but they write the word sports on it. <laughs> I mean, just like everything else, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's just a marketing scheme. Yeah, it's like where it's like, soap for ladies. That's <laughs> <laughs> soap. Will it keep my pad in my shorts? Yeah. This yeah, soap. Yeah. How could it? What? What could they do to a tampon to make it stay in better? You know, was there like a magnet or something like? Or all I could think of is that it's huge. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> it expands like. A... Which will be so comfortable when you're <laughs> like trying to kick a ball. Yeah. Oh God! He's squeezing it's like in there. waddling around. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. This one's kind of intense. Um. 
Before I moved to Chicago, I still dated dudes. And then in parentheses, it says, boo. <laughs> I'd make them come in my hair and see how many guys' jizz I could collect before having to shower. I got up to three. That's made up. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lie. I don't know. <laughs> Did she not have a job? Uh... <laughs> or they? I don't know who wrote that, but that seems, that can't be true. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, that sounds like some, like, real punk rock type shit. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Nope. Um, this is hashtag P. Hashtag not P. Totally trusted a fart and sharded at a bar. Then hid all evidence by burying underwear in trash and lighting a napkin on fire? That seems like it would draw more attention to the problem. <laughs> Why would you light a napkin on fire? Maybe, well, was the, the napkin was to burn the underwear up and guessing? Oh, that's excessive. But that doesn't really make sense because I feel like then people would be like, fire, fire in the bar, and then they would stamp it out with their feet and then the... It, it would be like uh, underwear stuck on a shoe. What's that thing where you shit in a bag and light it on fire? Billy Madison. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called shitting in a bag and lighting it on fire. What's that I thing? I thought there was a ter- I thought there was a term for that. Ah, the old Madison. Oh, I thought there was. <laughs> no, it's a prank. Yeah, but it's I thought there was like prank. a word for it. <laughs> All right, never. Mind. We'll Google it later. Fire shit bag. Shit okay. bag. Um, picture picture colon. Beautiful barista, incredible handlebar mustache. Oprah chai lattes have just come out. I don't know what that is. Oh, at Starbucks. Oh, it was she, like did a she thing. Have a special. Oh, she, oh, wow, she would. Okay. <laughs> um, I was about to say, you have a magnificent stash. When he says, "Would you like anything else?" My brain short circuits, and I wanted to say, "Just to taste my latte," but it came out just to taste your stash. <laughs> Good for her! <laughs> I walked out without my latte or another word. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I think that's a bold move. That's something I would say not on accident, Ooh. but I'm gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Starbucks. One time I was at a Starbucks and they handed me a bruised banana. And they were like, we can get you another one. And I was like, oh no, I like a little bruising. <laughs> and he just like, he was like, what? And I was like, I gotta go, goodbye! <laughs> you took your garbage banana. <laughs> <laughs> Take my bruised ass and bruised <laughs> banana and got out of there. It's compost at this point. <laughs> my ass is compost. Next one. Not too long ago, I was popping a zit on my left earlobe while while turned and looking in the mirror. It somehow shot into my own eye. <laughs> How big was the zit, I wonder? Earlobe sized. <laughs> <laughs> I love the worst. Your ones were really hurt. I mean, your ear all red. Oh, yeah, all in there. And then you can hear it pop. I actually like that part. So do I. <laughs> oh, because we're gross. When I was a teenager, I had a crazy one, like, inside my ear. And I was literally, I was literally in California at a science fair. That <laughs> was pretty cool. No, I, I hear that. <laughs> uh, and I kept, like, trying to stab it with a needle, like, in my ear. And I finally popped it. And, like, it was... And you heard the... Really made a mark on me as a teen. Um, okay. I was... I was walking to the bar wearing cuffed mom jeans when I felt something on my foot and casually thought, oh, my pants are coming uncuffed. I'll fix it later. But as I got to the intersection, I looked down and saw it was actually a dirty lace thong I was wearing around my, <laughs> wearing around like a gross foot flag. 
Oh my god. I've done that. Was it her thong is my question, or did she collect it on the street? <laughs> no, I'm sure it was underwear. like, she was wearing <laughs> leggings, she took off her underwear when she was in the shower, and then she put those leggings on a different day and was like, oops, the dirty undies are still in there. Or is that just me in my life? Uh, I can put a pretty close eye on my dirty underwear, because they are uh, not for the public. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm a garbage person. <laughs> but I sometimes I, I take my diva cup out in the shower, and then sometimes I just forget and I leave it in there. And then I'm my roommate. I have to, like, take a shower next to my little... <laughs> you know what's the worst? We're going on a tangent, but drains in Chicago do not drain well. Like, every bathtub, I feel like you're standing in water, mm-hmm. and every time I shave my pubes, my bathtub is just full of pube. <laughs> and so many times I've forgotten and just left it and then gone back days later and been like, oh, no, and it's gone. <laughs> so I'm so sorry to my roommates. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody was just telling me this story. Like, <laughs> talk about bad roommates. He said he came home, and he's got, like, a really messy roommate. I'll tell you who it is later. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> he's got oh, a yes, really yeah. messy roommate, and he came home and uh, walked his, his, his roommate's, like, chilling on the couch, watching TV, and he walks into the bathroom, and uh, his roommate had shaved his pubes. Oh, my God. His pubes all over the toilet, like, sprinkled around, and then had... had Pissed and taken a shit. And not flushed. <laughs> Loved everything. Oh my god. Why are men so gross? And then he like looked back at his room and his room is just like oblivious in the couch and he's like, he was like, is this like a power move? Like, am I, <laughs> did he clean it up? He did a, he was doing a spell. Yeah. <laughs> Sprinkle the pubes. <laughs> Oh, God. There's a spell to make his room might be a little bitch. I mean. And it worked. It sounds like a power move. <laughs> so primal. One time I was riding the Metro and had to pee really bad, and the one expensive piece of jewelry I owned fell into the toilet. I had to submerge my arm elbow deep to retrieve it. I turned to the sink, gagging, only to realize there was no sink, no paper towel, no nothing. I had to sit for an hour duration of my ride, holding the earring with pee-soaked arm dripping down the seat next to me. I hope Trump sat there after. <laughs> I don't think he takes the metro. Uh. <laughs> but wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, right. <laughs> when uh, one time when I was drunk and I was em- I was at at a bar trying to empty out my diva cup in like a like a stall, which like it's insane to do. But I dropped my diva cup into the toilet. No, <laughs> and then you and then I had, to, I had to grab it out. I did not put it back in. I grab. Oh, God, you know what I did? I just remembered. Oh, no. I grabbed it out, and then I flushed the toilet, and then I put it back in, in the, the toilet, toilet and no! off with the regular water, <laughs> and then I wrapped it up in toilet paper, and I stuffed it in my purse. Okay, good. I was going to be no, like, and then I just shoved it back in there, no, 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 and I was no, no, like, no, no. no, so many infections. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that's, it's still disgusting, though. I mean, I put it back in later. <laughs> do you think sound yes. like a real hassle? I, you know, I they kind of are. It's a steep learning curve, but I do. I like it. I know they're better for the environment. Well, it's just cheaper, too. I mean, you, can, you make your money back, especially you, probably. I know, but I would need a diva bucket. Like, I yeah. can't. I can't do it. They, I've seen them. They're like, this is the big one. And I'm like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, you'd have to empty. I guess you'd have to empty it all. <laughs> I'm too lazy. I'm that puby roommate. <laughs> Just bleeding out on the couch. That puby one. <laughs> okay, I I briefly dated this dude who, when flossing, would lick off and eat the old oh, ass pieces no. of food left on the floss. <laughs> oh my god. 
when I pointed this out, he said, well, I figure it's already in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's not wrong. That's one when we, I've read this one on stage and like, this one every time gets like such a visceral reaction. Even though compared to like, the like all the shit ones and stuff, it's like not that crazy, but for some reason it's like, ugh, It's like one disgusting. step away from eating your boogers. Ugh. It's not like, yeah, it's really gross. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. It's like once something's out of your body, like I've been in the shower and I'm like putting my hands to my hair and hair, if like a piece of hair comes out, I'm just like, ew. And I'm like, why? It was just in your head. Or when you're doing the dishes and there's a hair stuck in there. Oh, oh my God, it's disgusting. But it's just a hair. <laughs> Our live story this week comes from Mandy McAlvey. This was recorded in November of 2018. And just as a little holiday treat for you guys, um, right before Mandy came on stage, I... The whole show I'd been having a hard time getting people to write their stories down and put them in the bowl. And the show's almost over and one brave woman uh, put in this great story and the crowd went crazy. And right after I read it, I was like, if you want to take credit for this, now's the time. And she raised her hand from the middle of the crowd and everyone was screaming. And uh, it's a fun moment. So I'm just going to leave that in for you guys to listen to uh, before you hear Mandy McAlvey's story. Bravest 
bitch in the middle of the room. I love it. I'm going to get you a free drink. <laughs> um, amazing. Okay. <laughs> I'm all like flummed up now. I get too excited. Okay. Are you guys ready for another storyteller? Make some noise if you're ready. She's here all the way from Louisville, so go fucking crazy for Mandy McAlvey! Hey guys, I um I'm a I was a late bloomer. I was about uh, 13 years old and I didn't have a period and I didn't take any kind of a shape. And I had never done anything, I'd never kissed a boy. And um, I'm from a trailer park town, so all my friends were already gangbanging each other. <laughs> I was very confused. I was just trying to study really hard, because I saw in a movie that's how you get out of a trailer park. <laughs> so I was just really fucking studying. <laughs> and I, um, so when I was 13, I started to grow a boob. And, uh, and then I kept growing that same boob. <laughs> Repeatedly and solely focused on that one boob until that boob overtook everything else about me. Um, it got so large by itself without a partner. Uh, I think they eventually said it was about an F. Uh, and it didn't just, when something grows that fast, it doesn't, you know, like, you know, stretch properly and just fill out beautifully. So it just sort of headed down, like, you know, like, you know how we always want to say, like, well, what's this, was it like an orange or a grapefruit, like a pump, no, nothing round, I mean, like, nothing round, nothing round, you know, like, you ever see, like, the, like those weird gourds no one wants, where they're, they're just kind of bulbous, I don't know, like, huge, you know, but, like, if you stack it up, it's enormous, but it's just straight, and then over here, nothing happened, nothing happened. It was very sad. Thank you. Thank you for knowing that. It was extremely sad. I uh, I kept telling my mom, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And she kept being like, that's normal. <laughs> everybody, everybody has different size things. Uh, and I was, I was about to go to summer camp when I was 15. Uh, I was about to go to summer camp. And they make you get a physical before you go to summer camp. And my, do like, my mom's sitting in the room and the doctor's like listening to my heart. And he just it, like doesn't address me, obviously, because who the fuck would talk to a child? And so he just like turns to my mom and he goes, did you know your daughter has dramatically different sized breasts? <laughs> and this bitch. her but I'm give you know my look is saying like I'm gonna fucking kill you I'm gonna kill you dead I've been telling you this and of course she didn't believe it until it came out of the mouth of a man you know what I mean like that's you know like he's like they're different she's like what that's nice um, you know but he thought he would be very comforting when he said to her well there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing you can do about it um, until she stops growing so even if they didn't catch up, you know, you can't even get surgery until she's 18, so it's probably gonna work itself out. This stuff always does. Um, and obviously many years passed, and it only got worse. 
and, uh, and, and my mother, you know, she was on my team from that moment on, though. It, she, we became masters of disguise. Because if you uh, have one large mass that hangs and then one that doesn't do anything, you have to get creative. Uh, very creative to attend high school. So uh, just imagine, uh, you know, everything I wore had to be, you know, full moo shaped. It had to go off the boob and then like go straight down. It could not have any coming back up, no clinging, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, no stripes, because the stripes would be crooked. No, no words, no pictures. The pictures are distorted. No buttons, buttons crooked, no pocket. No V-necks, the V would go crooked. Um, basically just, you know, crew neck t-shirts with no pocket, plain XXXL. Just, you know, any male comic you've ever met. Just that wardrobe, that's what I wore. Lucky enough, I was, it was the grunge era. So lots of layering, you know, my friend's dad's pants. You know, it was, the, it was, uh, that was the, gift, the only gift of this story was that it was 1996. That's the only gift of this story is that everybody thought I was just really fucking committed to Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? And you guys, I was. I really fucking was. Still am. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, so I, you know, I, 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 my, it came time for prom, and my mom was a master seamstress. She was amazing. You know, it, we did a lot of, it was a lot of duct tape, and she took some like couch cushion foam and like shaved it down, and we sort of built like a camouflage to sort of camouflage the mass and strap one to the body. She actually sewed me into my prom dress so that everything would stay in place. And, uh, you know, she was, was a very religious trailer park. And she, you know, she, you know, again, hammered into me, you know, the dangers and the sins of premarital sex. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're sewing me into my, that's couch cushion where my tits should be. Who's having sex? All like bringing condoms to the prom and my date's bringing like what like scissors and a seam ripper like what is he no one's getting in here you made this what is what the fuck are you do why how could she be so stressed out to think that i would just unfurl that thing and be like time to fuck i'm a teenager that's what we do like that i didn't want to be touched i didn't want to be seen i didn't want anyone to notice me i wanted to hide now, oddly enough I actually had a boyfriend. It was all PG, but he was cool as shit. Like, he knew what was up. He was cool as shit about it. I think when I finally, like, showed them to him, you know, because he knew it was a thing, and we were, like, you know, working through the bases or whatever, and he said something to me that, I, this might sound insane, but you gotta understand where I was at mentally at the time. He said to me, you know what I like about your boobs? And I was like, oh, God, what? <laughs> and he goes, if you got your head cut off, I'd still be able to identify your body. <laughs> and you guys, obviously, if a man said that to me now, I would be like, thank you for feeling so comfortable to tell me that you are a serial killer. <laughs> Like, obviously I'd keep dating him, but I would like keep my eye on him, you know what I mean? But like, you know, at the, back then, 
like somebody liked me, my body. He liked my body. He complimented my body. So that was like what? Like, that was the ver my version of you complete me. Like it was like you had me. It cut my head off. You know? like, I just loved him. I just loved him. So time moves forward, and then uh, I turn 18. Now, in my dumb mind, I assume that turning 18 means this gets fixed. But it turns out that's not what it means. Because fixing this apparently means money, which people in the trailer park don't have. What about insurance? Well, let me tell you about insurance. They don't cover it. They don't care. They say it's cosmetic. They say they'll look on a case-by-case -case basis and see if it causes enough emotional distress for them to cover it. And they looked, and they said they didn't think it would. Now you guys, I just want you to think about that for a second, because if there was a condition where a man had a pumpkin-sized testicle, not only would insurance cover it, but the government would magically debit $200 out of every American's account tomorrow. They would garnish your fucking wages. They would start a fund. We would have to pay in every year to the four pumpkin nut dudes that got this shit. They would not only pay for the surgery, they would pay to like rehabilitate them back out into the wild so they could fuck good. They would do anything to fix a pumpkin nut. They would do anything. But not this. So, nothing happened. I went to college. And I just went on like this. And there was no, you know, you should understand. So the last time I didn't have a boob was the age of 12. So well up into college, I've never been in a bathing suit. Never been swimming, never worn a halter top, never been in my bra in front of someone, never done anything that people do. And finally, when I was uh, about 19 years old, I came home, uh, I, I told my parents, I was like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I can't live like this. I just want to be a person. I want to date. I want to, I want to wear a bathing suit. I want to wear a pretty dress. I just want to be a person. I just hate everything. I just want to fucking give up. And then my 20th birthday came. And I went back home to the trailer park. And my parents made my cake and they handed me my birthday card. And when I opened my birthday card, $4,000 fell out onto the ground. You guys, that is one-fourth of my father's annual salary. I don't know where they got it. I don't know how he got it. They still won't tell me. And she said, uh, that should get you started, and we'll figure out the rest. She said, find a surgeon. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. I guess that's a thing you do now. All right, cool. I don't think I know a surgeon, you know. So I found a guy. He was very highly recommended. They called him the best breast man in the Southeast. <laughs> yes. Even if you are, you don't let people call you that. <laughs> but I wanted the best. So I go to him and he takes a look and he goes, okay, you know, here's what we gotta do. We're gonna do this surgery. And I was like, well, just so you know, Here's my money, I'm ready. Um, I just want you to cut the big one off, make it look like the small one, let's keep it simple. And he goes, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I was like, pardon me? Here's my money, here's my body. Take away the big one, please. 
and he goes, I'm not going to cut it. He goes, no. He goes, I'm not going to do that. You, your hips are way too wide to be flat chested. You're not going to be proportional. And apparently that's something you can say to a woman in the 90s and not get sued. Apparently in the 90s, I was just like, oh, well, I guess you understand my body, old white gentleman. Okay, thank you, all right. And he insisted that instead of doing a simple surgery, we do three extremely complicated surgeries that involved reducing the large one, implanting the small one, and then doing a lift to get the big floppy one up to where they can be at the same height. Three extremely complicated surgeries. Uh, he, uh, when, I, when I'm getting ready to go under the knife, he, you know, explains to me that he'd never done this before. <laughs> because apparently he'd never seen it before. And apparently his surgeon buddies hadn't seen it before either. So much so that he asked me if he could take photographs before and after, and they could use them for their medical journal, and that they could use them for conferences to teach new surgeons about this type of anomaly. He said, uh, on the little one, we're going to do an implant, but since you're not gonna have two matching ones, he said, we're gonna have to, you know, just a regular implant won't look right. That's not the right shape, so we're actually gonna have to design a new implant. It's gonna be teardrop shaped because that will mimic more the shape of a real breast. Why the fuck aren't all of them teardrop shaped then? That's what looks more like a real breast, a teardrop shape? First of all, that's hilarious. But second of all, why is it tear? For, like, what, so what fuck boy designed breast implants that he was like, you know what I like? Tits. You know what I like more than tits? Big tits. You know what I like even more than big tits? You know them blowfish eyes? I really like them. Yeah, I'm gonna make new titties. Everybody's gonna want them. And they did. They did want them. So he does the surgery. He takes the photos. They send him off to the medical journals. I think about this all the time, you guys, because the only thing grosser to me than a bunch of middle-aged white dudes sitting around looking at photos of my tits and jerking off is a bunch of middle-aged white dudes sitting around looking at photos of my tits and not jerking off. <laughs> that's fucked up, you guys. Like, that's how fucked up it looks. They're all just like, wow. And nobody gets a boner. <laughs> it's so upsetting to me. I was 19, for God's sake. But nobody wanted to jerk off. And everybody wanted to see them. And so they do the surgery. And then, so I turn, let's see, that was 20 then. And then, it turns out, they tell me this after the surgery. Uh, you're gonna have to redo this every 10 years or so. They didn't tell me that beforehand. Now first, when I forgot my first surgery, the implant would last an average of 14 years. By the time I had to go through it all over again when I was 30, turns out implants only last 10 years. When I have to go through it again, here very shortly, Turns out, implants only last an average of seven years. They're like fucking iPhones. It's a racket. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. Don't ever fucking start. If you don't have them, don't get them. They're not worth it. I swear to God. I should have went with my 19-year-old head when I said, cut it off. I just want to be done. 
I want to be done. They got me hooked in. Now I'm part of it. I'm part of the medical cycle. Because breasts are constantly changing as you age. So I've just recently turned 40. And when I was at the gynecologist, oh, thank you. <laughs> it will happen to you. <laughs> um, so I've just, <laughs> just recently turned 40, and I went to the gyno, and she goes, hey, you're 40. Time to schedule you that first mammogram. And I was like, phew. She goes, go out there and schedule it. Well, do it in six months. Okay. Do you schedule it? And she goes, okay, so we're going to do a mammogram. We just need to know if you have anything, any appliances. Do you have implants or anything like that? And I said, I have one implant. And she goes, okay. And she typed something in. Next thing I know, I'm carrying a folder down the hallway. Now, the folder says, in bold type, all caps, IMPLANTS. It's bigger than my name. It's bigger than my birth date. It's bigger than my medical record number. And you guys, it's not just at the gyno. It's in the whole hospital system. I went for my knee the other day, and the front of my chart said implants on it. For a knee. For a knee, it said implants. I immediately started protesting and continued to protest that they take the S off. You take that fucking S right off of there. I will not carry around a chart that says implants. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. Because to me, a 40-year-old woman carrying a chart that says implants said, I really cleaned up in that second divorce after my husband fucked his secretary. But a woman carrying a chart that says implants says, oh, honey, tell me your story. Did you have to eat lunch under the bleachers? Do you want to park in the handicapped space? What do you need? Are you okay? To me, a chart that says implants on the front of it says, like, she could be kind of hot. But a chart that says implants says, I bet she's funny. <laughs> a chart that says implants on the front of it to me is like, yes, uh, I do real estate seminars in a hotel ballroom. <laughs> but a chart that says implant on the front of it says, yeah, uh, I hang out in bars and talk about my tits to strangers. <laughs> That's it. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Ladylike Podcast. I've been here with Lee Abouav. So, again, my name is Lee Abouav. I have a couple things I want to plug. I run, uh, I produce a show called Tuxedo Cat Comedy, which is at Beauty Bar every second and fourth Thursday. It starts at eight. Uh, amazing show. And then I also just got added on as a producer of Strip Joker, and we are restarting Strip Joker in January. Our first show is January 13th and it's at Hamburger Mary's, so be sure to check those out. I'm Jenna Gephardt, and this podcast has been produced by me. If you'd like to check out our live show, it happens every third Monday of the month at Cafe Mustache in Logan Square. Our live show is produced by Carly Ballerini, Allison Dunn, Sarah Sherman, and myself. The theme song is performed by Natalie Grace Alford. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ladylike Chicago, and to subscribe and rate this podcast, and we'll see you next week. I'm